This is Radio Sustain, a journal of fair trade, resilient rural communities, safe food, and a healthy environment. Brought to you by IATP, the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. This edition of Radio Sustain is for Friday, September 28, 2012. I'm Andrew Ranallo at IATP in Minneapolis. Tiny, Scary, Unregulated. That's the title of a new paper from IATP exploring the unfettered adoption of nanotechnology by industry in the United States. What is nanotechnology, and what should the public know about it as it makes its way into food and agriculture? Why is it still unregulated? Our guest, IATP's Steve Supan, explains. What do you want to convey to the general public about nanotechnology? Nanotechnology is not something that is well known generally in the public, according to polls. And so what is not well known is often subject to rumor and fear. And so the first thing I try to do is just to explain what is involved in manufacturing the nanomaterials and to try to explain how the size of these materials has an effect on uh, physical and chemical properties that are of interest to, to industry, and so that's why there's a very large amount of money invested by governments and by the private sector for a very wide range of consumer product applications, including food. And so after I do a kind of general introduction to the nanotechnology and consumer products, then I, I move into the food and agriculture applications. Since manufacturers claim to use nanomaterials in at least 2,500 consumer products, including a few dozen food products, why haven't governments regulated nanotechnologies? Well, I think there's some misperceptions on the part of the governments. It's a very odd position to take that we don't want to happen to nanotechnology what happened to genetically modified agriculture. The nanotechnologies have a much, much wider technological platform. Genetic modification for commercial purposes is really just applied to four crops, two different genetic modifications in, in the main. And so the nanotechnology platform applies to a wide range of consumer products. Semiconductors is, is the most commercially successful. Within agriculture, the applications have been about first and foremost, trying to extend the shelf life of products. And so companies are investing money in different food packaging applications. The, the estimate is that the food packaging industry annually is about a $100 billion a year business. And they are anticipating, according to the market makers, that by 2015, there will be a $25 billion market in nanomaterials, uh, in food packaging, for example, to make a biopolymer as impermeable as glass and yet still flexible, or, for example, to put nanomaterials, nanosilver, for example, to prevent the growth of pathogens on meat products, or to coat produce, you know, bananas, vegetables, with a transparent nanocoating that would allow for their shelf life to be increased by a week to a month. So where's the regulation now? Well, so, there, yeah, and the regulation 
is difficult first because the government agencies have neither a sufficient database because they haven't required companies to deliver data about the products in which they're using nanomaterials. So they, they've taken a very permissive attitude toward the development of these products, some of which are on the point of commercialization. So they don't have the company product-specific data. What they have is kind of general peer-reviewed science about what happens to this or that nanomaterial when it's applied to the lungs of, of some poor rat or another laboratory animal. There's also a lack of a definition about what a nanomaterial is. And uh, at this point, there's kind of a working definition about the size. Uh, in the European Union, last October, they produced a definition that European NGOs thought was really useless because it included such categories as competitiveness for the definition of, of a nanomaterial. And, and there's really no way to put that into regulatory practice in, in a science-based way. I think another difficulty in the government's uh, approach to regulation is that they are such a major investor in nanotechnologies and there's so much pressure on the regulators who are supposed to be protecting health, environment, and, and worker safety that they don't want to hear any negative information about nanotechnologies because they're afraid that if one application is shown to be too hazardous to be commercialized, that that will basically stigmatize the development of all nanotechnologies. I, I very strongly disagree with this. I think it's already shown that in the medical applications of nanotechnologies, for example, putting nanosilver into wound dressings, there is a fairly wide acceptance of that product. The danger lies, however, if you start putting nanosilver in socks and just everything, that, that basically the nanosilver loses its potency to kill bacteria in a, for example, a third-degree burn wound. It would be very much the same process of uh, building resistance to nanomaterials as happens with the non-therapeutic use of antibiotics. So moving forward, what kind of work is IATP going to be doing on nanotechnology and at what aim? Well, we, we've tried with the coalition headed up by the International Center for Technology Assessment to petition both the Food and Drug Administration and the Environmental Protection Agency to regulate nanotechnology, nanomaterials, especially nanosilver in, in pesticides, and then nanotitanium dioxide in a wide range of, of, of products. And they have failed to move and compelling them to move through a lawsuit is expensive and time-consuming and with an uncertain outlook. So I think IATP will you know, try to continue to pressure the agencies through the regulatory process. We did just send a comment on voluntary guidance to industry, and sometimes voluntary guidance will turn into a regulation. But my particular near-term concern is that there's really no criteria for government investment in nanotechnology. There is no comparison of whether the nanotechnology application is the best application, the, the least risk application for a given technological end. And so we're going to do some work on looking at nanomaterials as soil additives 
to increase water retention and to compare that with other ways of increasing water retention. I think, generally speaking, since 1995, the U.S. government has had no office for uh, technology assessment. And so basically any company that walks in the door with the help of a a member of Congress can get money for a uh, public-private partnership with an agency to develop a product. Whether we should be paying taxpayer money to extend the life of sliced apples by 30 days so that they look fresh, I think should be debated in public. And right now it's not. There's really not a, there's not any kind of process for determining investment priorities, for comparing technologies, you know, what's the most appropriate technology, and for really targeting now technology for where it really can be optimally useful. Certainly in the next year, probably in the next two, two to three years, We'll be doing that kind of um, pre-regulatory work at the same time trying to maintain some pressure on the regulatory agencies. And the last thing I, I need to say is that, generally speaking, the Office of Management and Budget and the U.S. Trade Representative's Office play a very large role in preventing agencies from issuing regulations. And so the Environmental Protection Agency tried to do the right thing with collecting uh, data on nano silver and pesticides. And they were blocked by the office management budget for doing so. And so we'll need to think about a a strategy for dealing with the office of management budget and the intervention of the U.S. trade representative in environmental health and science matters. Great. Thanks a lot, Steve. My pleasure. Radio Sustain is a project of IATP, the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. Find us on the web at iatp.org. Radio Sustain's engineer is Patrick Sai. The music on the program was Tall Fiddler by Deo and From Drum by Vats. I'm Andrew Ranallo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>